You are now listening to The Last Day's Return of the Historic Faith with your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. This podcast is for the kingdom Christian in the end times. As aliens in a foreign land and ambassadors of our king, we proudly fly the flag with the cross as we sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Good evening, folks. It is... I never get the date before. What is it? The 13th? 14th? 14th, yeah. Uh, Wednesday, the 14th of December, and we're here at Berea, Adventist Christian Church, for our 6 o'clock Wednesday night Bible study and prayer time. And we welcome you. We know most of you will see this at another time, and that's fine. But we're very glad to be able to share with you. And uh, and uh, sorry for those of you that may that aren't come on yet, or maybe maybe wondering where we've been. Uh, we we did get a little bit of a late start tonight. We were just going over some prayer requests and different things that we uh, needed to write down. But um, but we're ready to start in Ephesians, and uh, Jerry, would you open us in prayer, please? Father, we thank you, dear Father, for this wonderful day, dear Father. We just thank you for the opportunity to be able to gather in your name tonight, dear Father. We just pray that you'd help us by the power of the Holy Spirit to learn some things that we can apply to our lives, to use our will instead of our own will, dear Father. Father, just bless us now in your breakfast. So we ask in Jesus' name, thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Okay. I want to go back for a moment to the last verse that we talked about, which was verse 9, where it says, Making known to us, uh, well, let me start verse 8, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us by this wisdom and insight that he's given us, um, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purposes, which he set forth in Christ. Now, last week, we, we, we talked about the mystery of his will. We said that that was Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that's, that's written down that way as the mystery. Um, but when I was looking for it, to give the exact verse on that, I found another one that I, I wanted to a verse that I want, or a couple of verses that I wanted to read before we go on to verse 10. It's very important, this this mystery, because, well, take Sunday night, for instance, when we were talking about the cross, and we were talking about how, how hated the cross is, how, how much of an off, of an offense the cross is. It was back then, and it is still today. Um, and and people people don't want to don't want to hear about the cross. They don't they don't want to they, they don't like the idea of a of a of a God dying on the cross scenario. Uh, people fight against that. I, I'm not talking about Christians. I'm not about lost people. Although I think sometimes we as Christians don't talk about it enough um, because it's good for us to to know about these things. But we have to understand that this mystery. The vast majority of people out here don't know it. They, they don't know what we know. Um, and it's our job to help them to get to know it. We're supposed to be telling people what this about this mystery, even though we don't say it that way. But if they do come to Christ, they're going to, with the power of the Holy Spirit, they're going to learn what that mystery is. It'll, it'll, because it'll become active in their lives. Christ in each of us, how can Christ be in us if we are not saved people? But we are. As saved people, Christ is in us. And because he's in us, that and thereby us being saved, and, the, and his spirit is in us, the, spirit, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. Um, because he is in us, we have hope because we have glory ahead of us. And we have the uh, uh, the uh, uh, 
he's been justified and uh, there's a word another word I'm looking for but uh, uh, well justified and sanctified and soon to be glorified um, yet even now we all experience his glory we, we, we all we all you know when you tell me something about someone feeling something when they were being prayed for to me that's uh, that's a taste of his glory you know uh, being saved is, is, a, is a demonstration of his glory um, and we're going to come to a verse very soon here that's going to talk about that quite a bit but before I move into verse 10 I want to read a, a, ver- a couple of verses to you in First Timothy um, that it's called the mystery of godliness and the last verse I'm going to read you three verses but the last verse I think in a way it says it talks about the mystery but it talks about it in a little bit different way but still the same result um, so uh, first Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 says I hope to come to you soon but I am writing the these things to you so that, of course, this is Paul writing to Timothy, so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Great indeed, verse 16, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. Now, I, I think when you take, say the mystery of godliness, you're, uh, uh, you're not getting far from the mystery that's been revealed to us. It's the same, it's the same type of thing. It says, it says in this mystery of godliness, it says he, meaning Jesus, was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by the angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. I'm not going to talk about everything that's in that verse because we could actually talk about that verse for quite a while. That's verse 14. Verse 16, 14 through 16, First Timothy chapter 3. Um, but... What, it, what I do want us to see is that there is a, within that, uh, those verses, and within that last verse, there is a sequence of events. And there, there are a couple of them we could spend some time with because they're interesting sequences. Um, but, I, I, but I'm not going to do that tonight um, because I want to get back to Ephesians. Uh, we'll, we'll come to it at some point. Um, but... I've used this verse before for people that don't think Jesus... Some people don't believe that Jesus existed before he was born. Now, I'm not one of those people, and I I don't know many people like that, but I have met a few like that, Um, non-Trinitarians. And so now not all non-Trinitarians believe that Jesus did not exist before he was born, Um, but they don't believe that he's equality with God, and that's a serious issue. Um... But in this, seen by the angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory, um, uh, there's a series of events here that have happened that, uh, uh, by the way, does anybody have an idea what vindicated in the spirit means? Or by the spirit? Vindicated by the Spirit. How would Jesus be vindicated by the Spirit? Vindicated. What does that mean? Okay. Vindicated <laughs> means uh, uh, authenticated. Authenticated. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Authenticated. Authenticated is actually a better word for what it really means. The word is authenticated. <laughs> that he's authentic. It's the proclaiming who he is. Prove who he was. You know, do you know what that's talking about? When he was baptized. And, and, and the triune God appeared, the voice of God, the Father, the Holy Spirit in the dove, and then Jesus himself. 
vindicated in the spirit, authenticized, authenticated, <laughs> authenticated in the spirit. That's what that's talking to, talking about. But um, but that's a sequence of events. He was seen by, uh, he, he was manifested in the flesh. He was vindicated by the spirit. He was seen by the angels. And I think the, what that means in that verse is that the angels watched all this going on. You know, the angels didn't know what was going on. You know, they, they, they didn't understand what, what God was up to. Um, what, what God, what the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were up to. Uh, but they watched. They watched all this happen. And then, of course, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, he died for us and he was raised from the dead and that he was taken up in glory. Um, all of this is, is still a mystery to the world. And even when people hear it, I mean, you, you've probably done this. Talk to people about, about uh, Christ, to, to, you know, different individuals, and they look at you like you've got, you know, three heads. They, they, it, it's a mystery. And it remains a mystery until what happens? Until the Lord reveals it. Until the Lord lifts the veil. It remains a mystery to people. Oh, you mean um, a lot, yeah. yeah. But, and that, that veil could be lifted not necessarily when I'm talking to somebody about Christ. It could be lifted because somebody is seeking him and, and wants to know him and, or they've heard just enough or whatever it is and they, they, uh, they want to be made aware of, of more about him. God reveals himself to those who seek him, doesn't he? So, okay, so um, getting back, we just read, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan, verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. I remember that we actually just started talking about this verse when we stopped because we did say fullness of time is when history ends. I remember saying that. But I think that's all we said about it. Um, so this is a plan for the fullness of time. In other words, this is the way the Lord is bringing men back to him and he will be doing this until the fullness of time. You see? You see that? I just like things coming together in the Bible. In other words, he, what it's saying is, this mystery will be being made known to people, just like everybody in this room, until the end of time. Whenever that is, yeah, in his timing, this will be made known until, which I find great comfort in that. Uh, we find great comfort. It's extremely more sad than we could ever wrap our hearts around that it's the opposite for lost. Because when that time comes, there's no more chance, no more chance right. Right. to be for anything to be made known to. Or when death comes. Right. If, if someone dies today without Christ, then yeah, there's, there's no, no opportunity to learn the mystery. <coughs> but each one of us, is we, we carry this mystery, this knowledge of it around with us. And we ought to keep that in mind, I think. I mean, we all know we're supposed to be witnesses. We're all aware of that. We know we should be telling people about Jesus. But I'm, I guess I'm making a point tonight of saying people out there don't know anything. They don't know what God wants to do for them. They, they don't understand. They can't comprehend what God wants to do for them. The only way they're going to comprehend it is if, if, is, if, if, is two ways. Either somebody takes God to them and they want to know. And God reveals himself. Or they're searching for God and God reveals himself in whatever way, whether it be through someone or however he chooses to do it. 
God reveals himself to them. But we're a part of that process all the time. Because when, when we talk to someone about the Lord, we don't know what they're going to do. We've talked to people that have got saved. We've talked to people that haven't. Or at least they didn't in front of us. They may get saved down the road, uh, down the line a bit. But we are people who know the answer to the mystery. And we need to be talking to people. And every time we do talk to people, it's that conversation that we're about to have was planned since the foundation of the world. In other words, it was always planned. And so we're, we're, we're involved every time we do things that the Lord would have us do, every time we, we, we pray. Okay, this afternoon I pulled over the side of the road. Do you know that when I did that, that that was planned since the foundation of the world? You know, I, it, 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 now, I think there's a difference between, you could say, well, everything, everything is planned. No, I don't believe that. The things of God are planned since the foundation of the world. The things that are, out, that are outside of him, the things that are, that, you know, the things that the lost person does. The Lord may have foreknowledge of their, of their doing that, yes. But what does it matter? What does it mean? It has, it has no meaning. It has no purpose. It will not come to anything, even if it brings success for a moment while this vapor is still lingering, which yeah. is what a life is. You know, what, what good does it do? But when we do the godly things, when the believer is obedient, when we are spreading the word, these are, these are eternal things. Now, even if that person doesn't get saved, this is still an eternal thing. Why? Because we are building treasure in heaven when we do this. We're building treasure in heaven. Our, our relationship with the Lord is affected by our obedience. Obedience is always a good thing for us to have. And um, so... I always think about you. The planting seeds. Sure. The planting seeds all the time. Yeah. In all kinds of ways. Not not just in the conversation we have with someone. Good seeds can be bad seeds. Yeah. 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 We were talking about last night, um, my past tense seizures, if they ever had helped anybody. I did the dreaded thing. I put it off as long as I could to talk to the insurance girl about my new Aetna plan. That turned around to be something so unforeseen by me. Um, she needed to talk about Christ, but she needed to hear about seizures. She needed to hear it from someone who's had seizures, who's familiar with seizures. She was with her sister, whose little three-year-old had a seizure not long ago was foaming at the mouth. They had no idea what to do. She was younger than her sister, the, the little girl's mama, and, a little, and her sister threw the baby to her. And she has been torn up. She said on every level since that happened. And that, I'll, in short, the conversation was meant to be. And I was dreading it so bad anything like that. I think especially if we're dreading it, there's a reason Satan wants us to dread it. He doesn't want that to happen. But it turned out in short to be a very, very good conversation. When was that? Today. Yeah. The girl, the, the girl, the girl from that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, So his plan is for the fullness of time. This is his plan for the fullness of time. This revealing of himself. This revealing of the mystery. That's, what, that's the way it's being worded here. The revealing of the mystery is his plan for the fullness of time. And what does this do? It, to unite all things in him. 
And that's what the mystery does. We're, we're united in him, aren't we? We're united in him. Um, we're united to him and in him. We're united to each other in one him. Body. One, um, body. one body, that's right. Um, then it goes on and says, things in heaven and things on earth. And we have to remember that, and I believe because the Bible doesn't tell me anything else, and I, I, you know, I've said this before, and I'll go ahead and throw this in real quick. Um, this is why it takes so long. I go on this. This is a rabbit trail for you. Um, you know, I've never believed in little green men. And we've spoken of this before. I, I believe in demonic stuff that goes on that that can take the appearance of, of UFOs or whatever. But I believe that the Bible tells us what God created. God has created man uniquely on this one place because uh, I, I, I know that when Jesus died for the world, he didn't die for the universe. He did die for the world, this world. And... Um, it's hard for me to, to imagine a, a perfect world out there, although it's possible, but it's hard for me to imagine a perfect world that we have no idea of where all this is going on because there's nothing happening outside of Jesus. There's nothing happening outside of what God is doing. Um, I believe that what's out there is all for his glory. Now, I could find out I'm wrong, and maybe I will find out I'm wrong someday, and I'll be very surprised. I don't believe in any of this stuff. But, uh, uh, but, I, yeah. <laughs> we, we have a few. But, uh, we'll find out. We'll find out for sure. But, when it says things in heaven and things on earth, we have to remember that what Jesus did affects the angels too. Affects the demons. Um, you know, it, it seals their fate. Uh, it, because, because what Jesus did completed what God, God's plan was to reunite the world back to him, to, to bring us back to him. And, and the enemy's lost. You know, the, the enemy can't change that. They can't stop that. They can't, they can't stop the mystery from being known but they're trying. They're trying very hard to keep us quiet, to keep us uh, from doing what God would have us do uh, when we know we should be talking to someone about Christ or whatever the case may be. And we have to be very careful about that. We have to be diligent to continue to get the word out. All right, so in verse 11 it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of, of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now, uh, when I mentioned the word predestined before, I told you that I thought that one of the purposes of that word is to say that all these things that we're getting were, were it was always God's plan to do it. It was always God's plan for that. And you and I receiving an inheritance has always been God's plan. That's a predestined plan. And so, and we know none of us is a saved by accident or, or, or mistakes. Uh, that would be impossible. How could I be a mistake if God is going to be who I am? Now, I could be a mistake without him. There's a lot of people out there in the world who, who, who are in mistake situations, every lost person is, a, is, in, a, is in a mistake situation. Um, you know, people say, well, this is the way God made me. The gay people say that. This is the way God made me. Uh, you, you hear that a lot now, especially amongst people who claim to be Christians who happen to be gay or, or, or trans or whatever you know, their alphabet letter stands for. Um, they say, well, this is the way God made me. But no, 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 there, there's a mistake there that uh, uh, God made us despite those mistakes, despite those sins. 
But now that we have come to Christ, as it says in Romans chapter 5, now, now we're at peace with him. We're at peace with him. We're where we're supposed to be. And all of this was preordained, predestined, preplanned for us to have this and to be this. So, yes, yes. Yeah. And we always have the choice. No matter what he knows, we always have the choice. Right. Yeah. It's it it. He don't force us. No, no, no. Of course not. Um, he will try to influence us to get be saved. Certainly, I think that's a great and wonderful show of love when he when he reaches out to people. I I know he did with me in my life. I'm sure everybody here has a story about how God led them to him, and that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful act of love. Amen. But um, but this. Well, sure, sure. This this salvation that we have, and the sanctification that we're having every day, the justification, the sanctification, and the glorification that's coming, is all part of God's plan for us. Always was, and still is. I find a lot of comfort in the fact that I'm part of a plan that goes on, continues. Um, so. In him we have obtained an inheritance. We are his sons and daughters. We are, we are joint heirs with Christ. Christ is the firstborn of many brothers, the Bible says. He's the, he, he, it begins with him and it goes through us. We're part of this process. And so we have been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So these things have been done through Christ, and they have they serve according to the purpose of the Father, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And when you think about the counsel of his will, don't don't let the word counsel throw you off there. Really it's it's if anything it may be talking about the triune God. But it's it's not talking about the uh, um, uh, it's not talking about in Psalm where it talk about talks about in Deuteronomy uh, where it talks about the supreme the uh, the divine council. It's not talking about that council. It's talking about the council of the triune God. Um, this has always been the plan. So so this purpose work, working us according to the counsel of His will. It's his supreme purpose. Um, and there was something that I, I, I wrote down a long time ago. Um, I can tell by the color ink how long ago it was. But um, I underlined according to the purpose of him. And I, I asked the question, how much are we experiencing or being energized um, by this truth. How much are we experiencing things according to his purposes? How much are we experiencing whatever according to his purposes? In other words, he's got a, he's got, he's got a very set things you mean how much that he wants. Well, that would certainly affect how much we experience it. But what, I, what I'm getting at is the joy of experiencing these things. Uh, are we experiencing that joyous thing that is his will in our life? I, I don't mean to say it badly or to ask it badly, but, but that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, do I? No, no, I'm, I'm probably not experiencing Everybody was looking at me with a blank stare, so. Um, it's I'm sure I, how I was saying it, but aren't we experiencing this? Yeah, the joy. You know? yeah. I mean, yeah. not like, as much as we could. We can all if we stay in His will more, then we will experience. We can experience it more. That's true. Um, 
we can't experience his will in our lives more. Mm -hmm. And um, use it. I've been thinking about that a lot from last night, that it's there. All that is there. It's like I want to write something down so bad. The paper's there. The pen's there. But until I pick the pen up yeah. and actually write the words, I'm not using it. But it's right there. That's like you were saying last night. You just wanted more and more and more. Mm -hmm. The desire's there. I just, I just, I do. I want so much more. That, that's that's what I'm getting at. Not that God's not enough. That that kind of sounds. No, no, no. no there's just there's. We want more of God. There's a lot that He wants to do for us. There's a, there's a lot that that He wants us to experience, and there's a lot of joy in obedience. You know, doing what it is He has set before me to do. When I, when I do that, I'm doing something in obedience to him, which is a way of my showing my love for him. And I want to show my love for him. Don't we want to do that? We want to return his love, the love that he's given to us. We want to return it to him. It's very important that we do that. So we have been, it, so his plans, we see in this scripture, he's got plans for us, plans from the foundation of the world, plans that are being brought out in us each day that have been planned as the foundation of the world, but but it's also calling on us, energizing us. It's our experience, too. This is what we're experiencing from him. And I think that, that all is in that verse right there, that it's got all, that's saying all of that. It goes on in verse 12 and says, so that we who were the first, now the, Paul's talking about the early Christians here, the first Christians, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. Now, Paul didn't know anything about us. He didn't even think there was going to be an us because he, Paul believed, like most Christians back then, that the Lord was going to return very soon. Um, and of course, Christians throughout the ages have always believed that. Now, I think our view on it is a little different because we can see things unfolding. Like, I, of course, I, I believe that Paul could easily have seen things unfolding in his time too, because he lived in a very volatile time. He lived in the time of the Roman Empire, and he lived in a time when Christians were being put to death all all the time. Christians were losing property. They were not allowed to buy or sell then, just like they're not going to be allowed to buy and sell in the future. Um, that, and that's already happening in some other parts of the world, too. Um, it, it, it's, it, but that, that was, if you weren't, if, if, you, if you were, if you didn't show up, this is just one God, if you didn't show up to bow before that Caesar every year when they brought the statue around, <laughs> Um, if you didn't come and make your little sacrifice before him, you, you might as well forget buying and selling and, and, and keeping your property or, be, or your freedom or, or your life even. I mean, people were forfeiting these things because they wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, they weren't turn, they wouldn't turn their backs on Christ. You, you might think, and I'm sure some people did this, well, you know, maybe they could, Go ahead and just pretend. But the Bible really doesn't say that. How, how can you worship a false god as a Christian? That would be a very serious issue. Because, the Lord, because all through the Bible it says to endure, endure, endure. Whatever comes, endure to the end. And, so, and for many people, there were a lot of hardships that came because of that. So Paul could have made an argument for the fact that Jesus could be coming at any time. I think throughout history, there's been enough bad going on, enough, enough horrible stuff in the world to, to, for people to think. I mean, imagine if you lived in World War I or World War II. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people thought that Hitler was the Antichrist. He sure, surely fit the bill, it seemed like, at least for a while. And then, of course, he started losing. Um, and he never, he never did unite the world, but he was trying <laughs> by force to do that very thing. And, um, and came closer than a lot of people realize to actually doing that. 
But I want to say something about to the praise of his glory. Folks, everything is about God's glory. Everything is about God's glory. You, you look in the Bible about anything that we're being called to do, anything that, that, that the Lord has for us, anything that uh, it might say to the glory of his name, might say it like that. Um, but you'll always see that when we're being obedient, when we're doing what God would have us do, when we're getting saved, and, and what happens after we get saved, all the things that we do as his sons and daughters. We're doing all of this to the glory of God. We do all that we do to the glory of God. We know that. Uh, scripture tells us that. Everything's to his glory. It's all about his glory. And I think it's important. You know, I used to think about my, my, my dad, you know. Uh, sometimes the motive for me to do right was for the sake of my father, my earthly father. I wanted to do right so I wouldn't shame him. That doesn't mean I didn't shame him sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I did. But I, my motive was not to shame him. I, 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 wanted, I wanted him to be well thought of, and I didn't want to hurt that. Well, you know, we should want our Heavenly Father, who has done so much for us, who's given us life, who's given us this wonderful inheritance we, just, we were just talking about. This, we should want him to be glorified in this world. And so the scripture tells us that we do all that we do to the glory of God. And so that's being we spoken a, of there. We have a terrible boss at work that makes us hate our job. If we can look above that boss and realize yeah. Our true employer is God, and that we're working our job for the glory of God, it changes the whole perspective. We, we really aren't supposed to do things for, the, for, for men. Um, we, and that, that, that's a good example. Um, you know, if somebody mistreats us, that shouldn't change what we do. We shouldn't hold back on how good we do a job or, or complete a task or, or treat them in public or, or, or treat them behind their backs. That's one you have to think about because it's easy to, to run him down behind his back mm -hmm. out of frustration to do that. But that's not what God has called us to do because we do all, we're supposed to do all that we do to the glory of God. Now, have I done everything to the glory of God since I've been a Christian? No, I have not. But I want to. And I, and I want to more than ever. And I'm learning more how to do that. Aren't we all learning more about how to do that? Um, that's part of what all this is about. I have to think about as long as we give God glory, then we need to stop and think about uh, giving God glory in what I Right, 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 now. right, right. Yes, I agree. I, that's the point. That's the point. This is a this is a goal that we should we should be setting in our lives to do all that we do to the glory of God. So it is something I think we ought to be aware of. And it'll make us do all things far differently than maybe we would have done had we not thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the point to to keep that in mind. So that when we go out into the world and do whatever it is that we're doing, we, we're, we're remembering to do it to the glory of God. And if we really want to do that, then I think we're going to be more in tune to what it is he wants us to do. We'll understand more his will for that particular day or moment. So it goes on. In him, you, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Now, this is a picture of salvation, isn't it? You, you heard the word, the gospel message, the gospel message of your salvation, and you believed in him. Or you could say your faith, you placed your faith in him. That's what it means. And when you got saved, you were sealed with the promised 
Holy Spirit. Now, we got a moment. <laughs> I'm going to finish this thing. Um, but, but, oh, I just lost my thought. Um, I, I took a moment, I looked around and, and, and messed myself up. Um, let's, let's talk about being sealed with the promised Holy Spirit because that's a, that's a wonderful phrase and you'll see it several places in the Bible. Um, the Holy Spirit, being sealed in the Holy Spirit gives us four things, four things. Um, and I'm going to read all, all four of them, security, authenticity, ownership, and authority. Security, authenticity, ownership, and authority. Now, what does a, we know that we're in a covenant relationship with, with the Lord. We know that. And covenant relationships are sealed with blood. They're sealed by blood always. And our covenant relationship was sealed by the blood of Christ. But there's something else going on here. And in this particular thing, I want you to look at it. We know that we're in a covenant relationship, but think of it like a contract. Think of, think of this when it talks about the Holy Spirit, like a contract. Think first of all about this. The Holy Spirit is deposited in us like a down payment. You know, uh, uh, he's, he's our guarantee, okay? Uh, he's that down payment. He's our guarantee. Okay, now, in a contract, there's, secu there's security, um, there's, there's, a, when you have, when you, there, there's security that you may use to bind a contract, but I want you to think of it differently. There's security that comes from a contract. If I have a contract, then I've got security. I've got something written down. I've got something that proves that this thing that I'm doing is authentic. So I have authenticity as well. And I have, in this contract, I have ownership of the things I'm given. And I also have authority uh, over those things. The Holy Spirit is that seal. Now, it made me think about, before I say any more about that seal, it made me think about the marriage license. Okay, um, There's been a change in the marriage licenses now. Um, when somebody gets married, they can't use the copy that I would give them anymore to get their license changed or anything like that. They have to have the seal on it, okay? So they have to go down to the, to the, uh, the what? Courthouse? Yeah, well, yeah, to the, whichever office it is now, I can't think, and, uh, and get a copy that shows the seal on it. That's the authenticity thing. Uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit has been put inside of us to make us authentic Christians. We're it. We are saved. Stamped by the Holy Spirit. Stamped by the Holy Spirit, right. right. We're, we're saved. And, you know, I've sp spoken a lot about the sanctity of salvation. I've, I've said it in the pulpit that we cannot lose our salvation by committing sins that cause us to lose it. We can walk away from it. We can abandon it. We can, we can not endure See, that's what the Bible is talking about. If you worship another God, you stopped enduring. Um, serious issue. But we, we can be assured, and we need to hold on to that. Because think about this, and I'm going to close with this. Um, I will read that last verse where it says, who is the guarantee, okay, the guarantor that I spoke of, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance to us and to the world and to the Father, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. It ends the same way, to the praise of his glory. All this is to the praise of God's glory. Amen. Now, so it's telling us here that, that all this is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit, and until we receive possession of our eternal life. 
our inheritance. We don't have that yet. We, 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 we are who we are, but we have yet things yet to come. And the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. Um, it's much more important that we rely on the power of God to save us than to ever fall into the trap of relying on ourselves to save us. Didn't I just preach a sermon? Took two Sundays to preach it, where I said not only is it our faith that saves us, but it's our faith that keeps us. It's our faith that keeps us. So we need to be careful to remember, I'm saved, and I don't need to doubt that. Now, I know sometimes we may fall into a doubt situation. I'm not saying, oh, we lost our salvation. But what I'm saying is we need to get out of that doubt situation and keep ourselves in that faith that saved us. Because we have that. We have that. All right. I'm going to stop there. We got through verse 14. Now, I know I know we, we have some folks that are tired. We have some folks that are looking... Uh, for some news that there, oh, you did get news. Okay, good, oh, good. Praise good. God. Praise God. Good. Yeah, but that's pretty exciting stuff, folks. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. That's one of the things I really love about Ephesians chapter one. Um, those last few verses are the best. They're just the best. All right, Donna's going to have a word of prayer. Father God, we come to you now, Lord, in your precious, holy name above all names. God, we want to give you that praise and that glory. God, we want to be inhabited by you. You promised to inhabit the praises of your people. God, let us never take you for granted. God, let us always remember you are our hope in glory. Your Holy Spirit has sealed us. It is that down payment for something that is guaranteed us never to be taken away. God, I just praise you for that. We all praise you for that. God, let us, let us always realize when someone is in front of us, when someone is around us, God, there's never a time when that's not an opportunity to share what you've given to us with them. God, let us never fail to do that and forgive us when we have. Let us keep you on our minds, Lord. Let us keep you on our hearts as the motivation to do everything we do to your glory. God, I just want to lift up each and every one, Father, that is sick. I praise you for Calvin, us just getting the news that he came through the surgery well. God, we've got so many sick, so many suffering, so many concerned, so many caretakers who we never want to leave out of our prayers, Father. We pray for comfort for them as well. We pray for healing for those that are sick and suffering, for those who have gotten grim news. God, we know that you trump all of that and we want your will done in every one of these situations father let us never try and do your work and and decide what we know you should do in the lives of of, of these people father we want you to do it just as you know how to do it Father, you don't need us to pray, but you want us talking to you, and you want us listening when you're talking to us. God, I just pray for more of you. I want more of you. I want all of you all the time. Never, ever let us get complacent. 
God, just keep us growing. Keep us getting stronger and stronger with every passing day. Not just for what's up and coming, although that's very important that we're strong in that day. But God, because we love you and we want to make you proud, we want to make you happy. You're worthy. You're so worthy. You did for us like we would probably never do for anybody else other than maybe mothers for their children. But God, you far superseded anything we as mothers would ever even be willing to do for our children. And for that, God, we praise you. We give you glory. We give you this night. Take us out of here. Keep us safe, but keep us serving. Keep us witnessing. Jesus, we love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Folks, we want to remind you that if you're willing to share this video to your page on Facebook, more people will see it. Uh, the more people that share, the more people we can reach for Christ. So keep that in mind. And if you're willing to do that, we certainly would appreciate it. Um, we want you, if you'd like to get in touch with us, um, uh, you can call me at 843-731-1886. You can call Donna, uh, who, the one who just prayed, my wife, uh, at 843-307-6312. And um, you can write us at Berea, B-E-R-E-A, Advent Christian Church, 34 Christian Drive, Smokes, S-M-O-A-K-S, South Carolina, 29481. You can text to those phone numbers, by the way, and you can, or you can send a message to my email address, which is PastorMike1, the number one, at live.com. If you have questions, comments, if you, uh, if you got saved, we'd Amen. love to hear about that. If you want to be saved, Amen. we want to talk to you about that. Um, if you uh, have a prayer request, then contact us, and we'll be, we'll be very happy to talk with you. So we thank you for being with us tonight or whenever you see this, and we pray for you, even though we don't know all of you, but we pray for those who are listening. And we want you to know that we love each and every one of you, even if we haven't met you. We still do love you. We love the people who listen. But we want you to know as much as we love you, we want you to remember God loves you all the more. God bless you. Going to be on every day.